going on, guys? This is Joshua Broom, and this is the Counterfeit Culture Podcast. This is brought to you by Edify. If you have not downloaded the app, what are you doing? There are so many great Christian podcasts on that app, and I highly advise you to hop on it. But today, Yami, my friend, Yami Alexis, it is so, so good to talk with you. Um, I feel like we've only hung out once in person, but I think we cultivated a, a really special friendship, and I just... I just appreciate you, and I think that you have so much to offer. So thank you for your time. Uh, thank you. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So, I mean, first things first, who are you? What are you passionate about? Um, Five-minute spiel. Like, t- tell me about your sister. Oh, my goodness. Tell the people. No, tell the people no about Yami. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> five minutes of, like, super long. Oh, just not, not a hard five minutes. <laughs> Uh, being time guys. Um, no. So, um, my name, like you said, is Yami. Um, I am 24 years old and I am from Cuba. Shout out to the Latinos listening. Um, I always got to give a shout out to my people. (laughs) Um, but basically, um, I was born and raised in Cuba until the age of six years old. And then I moved to Florida. I was raised in Miami, Southwest Florida, Um, pretty much just grew in like the typical Hispanic household, uh, just, you know, drinking parties, you know, just going, being a Catholic, but not really being a Catholic, like just saying you are a Catholic and praying to Mary every like five years. Um, that was like the atmosphere that I was in. Um, my mom and dad separated when I was two and my mom got remarried and pretty much when we got to America, like my life really changed. Like that was, I think like my first like hit with reality, just moving, being separated from like everything that, you know, uh, to like a completely new country where everybody speaks a different language. You don't know what they're saying. You feel like rejected. You're in school. People are talking. You're like, what the heck are they saying? Like you're just going through so many changes and you're like, I don't feel like I fit in absolutely like anywhere. And you just like are now processing the drama at home. Also adjusting to a new language, a new school system, being far away from your family. And so it was really hard on everybody and everybody chose different routes Um, I went like the achiever route. Like, I'm just going to work really hard. I don't want to deal with my emotions. I'm just going to do good in school. And hopefully that will be enough to get us me a good life. And my mom and my family went the route of drugs, alcohol, sex, parties, and all of that. And by the age of six years old, um, I had uh, started to go through sexual abuse, which I didn't know at the time, because when you're a child, you just like, are like, what you don't like really know what's going on. You don't really like process what's happening. And so, um, during that time, there was so much manipulation, so much like being told that your feelings don't matter. You don't matter. Like just almost like, um, trained to like be silent and to not talk, to not express your emotions. And so I was just genuinely scared, like to ever ask for help, um, because I knew what my abuser was capable of doing to my family. Um, and so I kind of just kept my mouth shut and just dealt with it. Um, but by the grace of God, I was brought some really awesome friendships and I started like telling them, Hey, this is what I'm going through at home. And they're like, that's not normal. Like, that's not okay. I was like, 
oh, I didn't, what? Like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, Yami, you're not supposed to be going through that. Like you need to talk to someone. And so, um, when I was 13, I finally uh, told my mom what was going on. And I thank God that she believed me. That's not everybody's story. Um, I'm very, very blessed that my mom had the courage to leave that relationship. And just to paint a picture for you guys very quickly, like my mom was an immigrant, barely spoke English, working night shifts at Walmart. She did not have the money to provide for two girls in 2008 when the economy was crashing, but she stepped out in faith, even though she was super afraid, she did it anyways. And God took care of her and God took care of our family, even though we weren't believers, you know, God still protected us. God provided for us and God provided for my mom. And that brought hope to me. God sent people into my path that were complete strangers and out of their sheer kindness, we were taken care of for years because we couldn't do it on our own. And so, um, yeah, by, by the time I finished high school, I had done like everything you could possibly think of. Like I was in a long-term relationship, obviously having sex outside of marriage. I was watching porn because I had been introduced to it as a child. I was smoking weed. I was drinking, I was partying, but I was still like a straight A student because I didn't want to get in like in trouble at the house. So I just covered it with like, I'm just going to do good in school. And then my mom won't be on me about what I'm doing. Um, and so, yeah, by, by the time I graduated high school, um, I just was very, very broken. Like I struggled so much and it's crazy because girls would compare themselves to me because I was popular, had the beautiful like boyfriend that got a full rights scholarship on football was graduated top 20 in my class, like all of this stuff. But I was super depressed and like suicidal. Um, and I came to the Lord after a breakup and that completely changed the trajectory of my life. Um, ever since that moment, like God has been just chipping away, which I know we're going to unpack all of that stuff little by little. And I'm still in that process now, like five years later. Yeah. I think that is the most important thing that people, everyone needs to know. Like while salvation is instantaneous, sanctification is a process and mental and emotional trauma is real. And you have to deal with that. And it's not like, in some cases, absolutely. Like for me personally, one thing that God removed instantly was specifically like memories of my past in, in regards to um, all the scenes that I had done. Like I, I, I've tried to like remember certain things about stories and I couldn't. And I praise God for that. But the reality is like that the mental and emotional trauma, like that's real. So like trying to figure out how to be a good husband, how to be a dad, how to be a man, how to be, you know, a healthy person, like that was a process. And I think when people portray Christianity in that God is going to fix all your problems, it's, it's not always necessarily true in the context that people will think. Because like God wants your heart and he wants to provide you with Jesus so that you can have the life that you were designed to live and and, and fill that gap. And through that gap, everything else flows because from your heart, everything else flows. But it's a process. And I think it's, it's so irresponsible when we, you know, throw like mindlessly throw scripture at people's trauma. 
where it's like we, we need to ask questions. We need to love people. We need to walk alongside of them along with Scripture because God's truth is powerful. But um, I would love for you just to kind of speak into just that process, like especially it's a big misconception that when when a lot of people hear, especially in the Christian community, when, when people hear um, pornography, you automatically assume men because like, why would girls watch porn? That's just a, a way that most guys would think. And um, can you just speak to that reality? Yeah, for sure. So um, I honestly had no idea that like people thought that way, like at all. Um, like I think like I remember I started sharing all my stories. Like I, one random day I was like, this girl messaged me. She's like, Hey, like, what do you think about pornography? And I was like, Oh yeah. Like I used to struggle with that. You know, maybe I should talk about it. And I just like made a story and I just talked about it and I got so many DMS and people were like freaking out on me. They're like, what women don't struggle with that. And I was like, what? Like, I, I had no idea that this was like a mindset that people had. So I had to like ask myself, like, why, like, where is this coming from? Like, why? And I think again, it's just because women normally don't talk like about their struggles because in the church, it's really sad, but you're told to like, just shut up. They use scriptures wrongly to tell women you're a woman, so you need to shut up. Only the man is supposed to talk. Only the man is supposed to whatever. And so they take that out of context and they shame women to just, you just need to shut up. You can't talk about your struggles and like get, just get over it. And so pretty much like I've never had heard a woman talk about struggling with like sexual sin. Um, and when I started talking about it, I got so many, so much of a positive response of women just saying like, wow, like I wish somebody would have talked to me about this when I was younger, because I didn't have anyone that was willing. And so, um, to the women out there, like, it's crazy. You'll do like a Google search, like how to overcome porn. And it's all tools for men. <laughs> like it literally says like, it's all about men. Like you'll go on the Bible app and there's one devotional for women. And there's like 50 devotionals for men about porn. Like I, it's like infuriating. So my, my perspective on it is just that you, if you're a girl and you struggle like with pornography, um, I personally think that you should just talk to a girl about it. Um, and talk to like a girl that you trust because just, you're going to relate more to them. You're going to feel more comfortable with them. And if you do choose to speak up, like I do on your social media, you know, don't take it personally when people don't understand and when people shame you. And honestly, when men sexualize you and, um, you know, like talk about your body and talk about how you're dressed when you're talking about your struggles or talk about how you look when you're talking about your struggles and don't take that personally because their trauma and their issues and their mentalities has nothing to do with you. And you're, you are going to make such an impact by just using your voice. That's what Satan has been after since you were a little girl is getting you to shut up and to be quiet and to not talk, but your voice is so powerful and your voice is going to make such an impact to other young women. So I strongly advise you to not keep quiet, to please speak up, to please ask for help if you're struggling with it and to understand that there is demonic stuff behind that. 
So there is stuff that you have to do spiritually as a Christian. It says Ephesians 6 says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So the moment that you try to make this only about your flesh and all that you're struggling with, you're not going to be able to target the root of the problem. And so sometimes porn stems from a generational curse in your family that has been going on there for years of lust of, you know, a Jezebelic spirit of whatever you have to target through prayer, ask the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, where is this coming from in my family? You know, is it because I open the door? Sometimes porn enters through sexual abuse. That was the open door. Yes, demons do latch on through soul ties. And that person that abused you definitely has demons because they not, they would have not abused you. And so now you have these things that are entering. I think I know how, I don't know how many women tell me like, oh, well, I'm attracted to women now because I was sexually abused by a man, right? What, where did that enter? That spirit of lesbianism entered through that sexual act, that trauma. And so number one, I, I would just speak up. Number two, you need to ask the Lord to reveal the root issue that is causing and driving the addiction. And you have to deal with the spiritual before you deal with the natural. If you do not deal with the spiritual implications of you opening that demonic door, you will be in what we call a cycle. So you will say, well, you know, I got better from porn for like two or three months, but then I felt back in. Why? Because you never conquered and conquered it. So it says in the word of God that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, right? When you look up the word conqueror, it means completely defeated something. So if you have not completely defeated porn, there has, there's a root in there that has not been completely uplifted. And then the third thing is actually walking it out. You guys, like I genuinely don't, I don't ever desire to watch porn like ever. I was completely delivered from it. Um, because it was a spiritual thing. And then God started dealing with the trauma, but I did still struggle with lust like a lot. And it was something that like still to this day, I have to bind. I have to take control of my flesh. I have to remove myself from situations that are tempting. And I have to take control of my, my thoughts and I have to renew my mind with the word of God. And daily I have to like die to myself and say, no, you're not going to think like that. No, you're not going to do that. We're going to stay following Jesus. And that's something that God is still breaking. It's been there. Like I'm first generation Christian. That spirit of love stuff has been there. God knows how long. And so he's training me so that when I fully conquer this, I can train other people and I can no longer, like I have the tools to be able to battle it out like for the rest of my life. Amen. So um, it's so important. Like, I love what you said, just identifying the root, because I mean, if you, if you look at Judas, Judas had the best teacher. He had, you know, he, in, in modern day terms, he had the best pastor. He attended the best church. He was reading the right devotionals. He was reading the right books. He maybe had the right software, but his heart never changed. And, and the proxy of no heart change is, you know, your, your actions, your thoughts, your words. So what led him to betray Jesus is there was a lack of heart transformation, regardless of what he saw or what he experienced. 
So it's so important what you're talking about. Yeah, that is so true. I heard um, this quote like over the weekend, I was watching this movie um, and he was talking about how good ideas like don't change stuff. It's only when something becomes a conviction in your heart that it truly can change a generation because you can have an idea that you want to quit porn. You can have a thought that you want to live for God. You can have all of these thoughts in your mind, but until they become a conviction in your heart, they're never going to truly make an impact because you're going to continue to choose the thing that is comfortable, convenient, and right there, like easy access. Yeah. So good. So good. Thank you so much for speaking to that. And just, so as, as someone who the woman you are today and the, the past that you've had, um, what would you say to women out there who maybe they're, they're not Christian and maybe, you know, they're, they're going through a struggle because I love that I have this platform because a lot of people know me from my past and, you know, maybe they're listening right now and they're here for all the, the wrong reasons, but they're here. And maybe they're in the middle of something where it's like, I don't believe I can change. I don't believe that I want to change. I just feel stuck. And that's just, you know, it's, this is just who I am. That, that I think that's one of the biggest lies that anyone could ever tell themselves. This is just who I am when that truth is coming from anywhere other than the word of God. But it's like, what is some practical steps that you can take to move in a different direction? I mean, like, that's so real. Like you, you can't change like without God, like, you know, you just can't because you can do every single thing practically. Um, but you need a new heart. Like you only get that from Christ. So like, unfortunately, yeah, it'll, it may work for a while, but without Christ, this life is unfulfilling. This life is, is not, it's, you can't do it on your own. So like, why, like, why do you keep trying? Like, aren't you going to get to a point where you're sick and tired of like saying these things about yourself? Aren't you tired of looking at yourself in the mirror and every single time you fall back into that sin, you you're so numb to it that you just, you rather just live that kind of life, but you know, you're empty. You know that you're not happy. You know that that happiness that you have with that toxic relationship that you're hooking up with or with that pornography or with the weed or with, you know, the money or whatever, like, I don't care what it is. I know deep down inside that true joy only comes from Christ. So I know that you don't have joy. Like, I know it because I didn't have it either. And so practically, you know, get right with God. Like that's practically what you need to do and how, and how you do that is honestly, it's called, it's a word called repentance. And it's, it's very simple, actually. Like it sounds very spiritual, but it's very, very simple. It just is the act of turning. And I know like you may not want to turn, like I get it. I've been there. I've been like, nah, you know, I'm not leaving this man. Like, I'm not leaving this relationship. You know, I like him. I'll stay, you know, and that's fine. If that's where you are, like, do what you allow the process to work itself out. God had to be the one to shut the door in my face 
in the relationship because I didn't have the strength to. So you know what I would pray? I would just say, Lord, I don't really like even know if you're like real or like I even believe in you. But like if this isn't for me, can you like give me the strength or shut it down for me? Because I can't do it. So maybe for you, your prayer is acknowledging how weak you are in that situation that you don't have the strength to walk away from that toxic relationship. You don't have the strength to leave the pornography. You don't want to. So say, Lord, I don't want to give me the desire to want to live for you because I genuinely don't. So don't fake it. Don't fake it. Just come to God as you are and be real and raw and vulnerable and ask him to help you in that trial and in that midst. And I promise you, that's the kind of God that we serve. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He loves you so much right now. Like he's not going to love you more when you leave the porn, when you walk away from that. He's there right now. So my practical step is you need to get right with God because you cannot practically quit pornography without him. And if you do, you'll find another vice and you'll find other things until you deal with the void in your heart that only God can fill. Yeah. I I love how we didn't even like, we didn't talk about that specifically conversation, but I knew if I said that you would say that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to be the first. Because, because I mean, that is the thing that people ask me the most often. It's like, practically, how can I do this? It's like, well, you can't do anything until you do this. You know, it's like you, you, you can't walk until you can see, you know, it's like, I, I, I need to have faith, but how do I have, how do I get access to this? How do I get access to freedom? It's like, well, become free, then, then realize you're free. Mm. So I guess kind of the, 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 to tie things up before I give you um, a few more minutes just to t- talk about what you're doing. But what does it look like as a Christian? So now, you know, this person is in a relationship with Jesus. Um, they're, they're still figuring things out. Things are pretty new. And they, they, they fall into, uh, you know, they, 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 they fall into sin. They, they, yeah. they stumble again. Um Often I'll hear, well, this happened. I must not have been a Christian or I might as well give up or, or this isn't working. Um, speak to that. Um, well, this happened to me like three days ago. <laughs> so I'll just tell you what I did. <laughs> um, so like three days ago, I ended up in a situation that I, I shouldn't have been in. Uh, and I remember the first thing that I did was I prayed like right after. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, I can't believe I just got myself in this situation. And like, I honestly like, don't even, I don't know how to feel right now, but I just need you here. That's like, I didn't say like, oh my gosh, like I just, like, it was literally just that. And then I went to sleep. And then the next day I texted my community. I texted my friends and I said, this is what happened. This is what I said. This is what I did. It was wrong. And I, I feel convicted about it. And can, can we just talk about it and pray? 
So I called my friend. We got on the phone. We talked it out. We prayed. Um, she spoke life into me, reminded me of who I am in Christ and said, you know, we all fall. We all make mistakes. You know, we all say the wrong thing. Sometimes we all lose our cool, sometimes whatever. And after that, like I took responsibility. I said, okay, like I did this. I messed up. I got to go make things right with this person. I did my part. They didn't like, they didn't want to do their part, but that's okay. I did what I needed to do. And then I just let it go. And now I'm walking out these last few days. I'm walking out just processing. Like, why did that happen? You know, how did I get myself in that situation? You know, what was the open door? What have I not dealt with? Like, what do I need to pray more into? Where does God need to like search me that I haven't dealt with? Because obviously when I was squeezed in that situation, what came out of me was not something that I would want to come out of me again. And so those are the things that I recommend. You need to immediately go to the presence of God, like immediately. Don't be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to wait until I feel like, no, go right away into the presence of God because you need God. Like you need him all the time, especially when you fall into sin. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if 10 seconds before you watch this video, you were watching porn. I don't care. You need to go to God always vulnerable, real, and and ask him to, to check your heart. And so um, the last thing that I would say is after I always, I think about it in terms of doors, that that's the way that my mind works. And so I realized I opened the door to sin. I realized I opened the door to getting angry, losing my cool, saying the wrong things. And um, so now I ask the Lord, Lord, I want to shut this door and I want to kick all of the stuff that I allowed to come in out with it. So I need you to show me. What are the things that when I opened this door, I gave legal right to come in and to now, you know, attack me or to come in my dreams or to, you know, give me these attack me with intrusive thoughts, like whatever it is. Practically, let's say you watch porn, you just open the door through your eye gates to see stuff you should have not seen. What does that mean? Some of those images may be in your mind right now. They may be like memories that are there. So ask the Lord, Lord, can you please take out these images from my mind? Can you renew my mind and help me to not uh, think of those things anymore? Clean out my eye gates, plead the blood of Jesus over your eyes or whatever. So those are the things practically that I I do. I love that. I, I feel like, you know, you could, you could write a systematic process of what you just said. And it's, and it's all things you don't do when you don't have Christ, because the the first thing you said, you you prayed. You, often, when we don't understand who God is, when we see Him as someone we're not, we believe that we are. You know, we're Adam and Eve in the garden. We're covering up with fig leaves. We're ashamed. We're guilty. We're hiding from God because of our sin. Mm. That's not where God wants us to be. He's saying, "Where are you? Come to me." He wants you in His presence. And then talking about community. It's like, again, when we sin, we feel, okay, I, I need to hide from my friends. I need to hide from my community. 
No, God is calling you into community. You know, iron sharpens iron. People need people. And God puts people in your life so that you can be authentic and vulnerable and transparent so that people can, A, rebuke you sometimes, but also speak life into you. Because God doesn't love you any more or any less because of what you do. He loves you because of whose you are and you are his. So just knowing that and then going through like, hey, let me take inventory. Why did this happen? Like, let me try to get to the root of this. What led me to say yes to this? And I think like that's the biggest question we can ask because even like me talking about how I got into the adult film industry, it's like, yeah, I was in the prox. I was in the right location, and then the, someone invited me into it, and blah 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 blah. But the reality is, why did I say yes to it? Is so much a deeper question than that, and that's something you can't just like, oh, it was because of this. Because we're quick to put the blame in the last step and the most important step, and that's how you can know that you are growing into your relationship with Christ. I'm willing to take ownership. It is upon my own volition that I chose to do this. And I I know that I don't want to do this, but I take ownership of it. I hand it to God. I'm not guilty, but this is what I did and I want freedom from it. So, yeah. so good. So good, Yami. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. One last thing I forgot to say is just forgive yourself. Like yeah. that I told, I just, that came to mind because if you don't forgive yourself, that person or that situation, whatever happened, you're going to continue to just carry bitterness and resentment. And it's just going to be very, very hard for you to walk this journey out with God. And so I would just highly encourage you. Um, what I like to say, if this helps you, you can use my line. I just say, I choose forgiveness. Like, it's not like, okay, in this moment, I feel like forgiving you. No. I just, I choose forgiveness. It's a choice that you have to make regardless of how you feel. That doesn't make what they did right. That doesn't make what you did right. That doesn't make any of it excuse. All that means is just saying, okay, you know what? Like God forgave me. I need to forgive myself. And when I confess my sin to someone else, when I talk to someone else, according to God's word, it means that I will be healed. So if I confess it and I don't have unforgiveness in my heart, I don't have bitterness in my heart, resentment in my heart towards that person. As I confess this sin, God is already healing me. Like that's the truth of the word of God. So if you believe that, like imagine you get off of this podcast right now and you're like, you know what? Like I'm going to confess my sin. I'm going to repent. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to forgive. That means that in that exact moment, God just started healing you. Like you are being healed. You are healed. He, it says that he doesn't even remember our sins. It's as far as from the East is from the West. That's insane. Like that's crazy. So um, just remember that like you don't have to carry it. Please don't carry it. Like Please don't keep carrying that. Like we all make mistakes. It says in the word of God, we all fall short of the glory of God every day. Like we all do. So you comparing yourself to Joshua, to me, like don't do that because you don't know behind the scenes what people are walking through, the mistakes that they're still processing. So all you got to do is work out your own salvation in Christ and stay focused on Jesus because I promise you when you, when you do that, it's like 
everything else kind of takes a back seat and you realize that like how how much love there is in the father like there's so much love for you there's so much grace for you and i know some people don't agree with saying that because they're like people are going to abuse grace honestly i don't agree with that i think the more you know about his grace and his love the more you fall in love with the father the less you want to sin and abuse his grace. So true. Cause I mean that, that at the end of the day, like that is the way to remove the root is to root is to understand God's love and allow his love to, uh, to cultivate a fulfillment in you that is incomparable to anything else. Because if, if that sin looks better to God, then God to you, then you'll choose sin. But if you understand how much God loves you, then that satisfaction will not compare to anything else. Amen. And like, and that's, and that's where you want to be because that upends the root that severs the root. But, um, Yami, who, where, what are you working on? What are you excited about? What does next year hold for you and where can people find you? Yeah. So, you guys can find everything is the same. Um, it's just my first and last name, uh, Y-A-M-I-L-E-X-I-S, Fernandez with an F and a Z. Um, that's my website. That's my Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, everywhere um, you can find me. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm working on a course uh, to help women who want to launch their own um, businesses online um, I'm working on more merch, but honestly, I just really want to preach everywhere. So call me. <laughs> I just want to go uh, spread the word of God everywhere. Um, that's really like my my focus is just deliverance and the word of God. And so we're starting revivals, um, which we landed a property completely free, over 64 acres of land um, that we're going to be yeah, they're going to be using for revival. Um, so I'm so pumped. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Our first one, um, it was supposed to be in November that I got really sick. That was a lie. Uh, but so we're doing um, our first one December 17th. So it's um, literally next weekend in North Carolina. It's in Mount Pleasant. Um, but if you want to tune into the next ones, we're going to be trying to do these once a month. Um, and you guys can literally just sign up. It's completely free. Um, thanks to everybody's donations financially into the ministry. You don't like, you can just show up. Um, and there's prayer. We do an, a time of prayer and deliverance. So if you need deliverance from porn, you need deliverance from anything, come get prayed for. You literally, we will pray for you. You will leave free. Um, we're doing worship, the word of God. And then eventually we want to start doing baptisms as well. Um, there's a great pastor friend of mine there that's going to be there and he'll explain what that means to you. You want to get baptized. And so, yeah, revival's coming to North Carolina. <laughs> that's my, that's my hood too. So I, I yes, love it. Come. I love it's going to be it. so fun. I'm literally so excited. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Yes. Well, thank you so much for just being here and being amazing. Um, I'm blessed to know you. I value our friendship and I, I can't wait to see what um, collectively what what God does through our friendship next. Thank you so much. Right. See ya. Bye.